this is Chris Jansen. I'm here with the End Evil podcast. This podcast is for folks who are interested in matters of freedom, who are pursuing truth, and for those who have the imagination to see a world without evil. I'm trying to work on the project of ending evil in our world. Today, I have an awesome special guest with me here today, Owen Hunt, a gentleman I met in autonomy, who is um, very, um, well, you have an amazing amount of work on YouTube. I'm going to share that on the link, but um, how are you doing tonight, Owen? Oh, Chris, I'm doing great. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we connected, well, I would say a few weeks ago, and uh, it's been great getting to know you and look forward to, to chatting a bit tonight. I should have had a much better introduction for you there. I sort of oh, no, dude. came up short, but I thought it was, a... I thought it was great. No, no, <laughs> I appreciate it. We don't want to keep, we don't want people's expectations to be too high. You know, that's, that's <laughs> well, you could surprise them now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your, um, your, uh, AKA is Bootsy Greenwood on YouTube. I was just peeking on there and saw you starting a new, um, program where, um, what was it called? Get Coach. That was hilarious. <laughs> you guys should check out Get Coach. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's planned there? Sure, sure. So uh, the hashtag Get Coach program is something that I've had a lot of fun uh, making fun of as well as taking incredibly seriously uh, because I really like to work with people one-on-one. Uh, I used to be a reality transurfing instructor um, until my certification got lost in the mail. And, uh, I've been doing kind of my own thing ever since. Um, and it's really like an integration of, of several things. And it's not just going to be a one-on-one thing. I really like autonomy, um, for the fact that they do like the group sort of, uh, aspect. And that's something that I want to incorporate. Of course, it'll be much smaller. And I'll also offer as an incentive to anybody who might be potentially interested in working with me, uh, if they do want to work with me and they do decide to go through autonomy, if they haven't you know, done that before, then I'll re- refund them all their money back if they go into autonomy after they work with me. But what I'm specifically uh, focused on is finding people's innate skills, abilities, and talents, and finding ways to showcase those through several different methods. Um, personality tests like, um, you know, like, uh, the Myers-Briggs astrology, basic astrology. I'm not an astrologer, uh, as well as the Enneagram, which I think is the biggest key to understanding individuality, um, and motivations and desires. Like a lot of the personality tests tell you these personality traits about who you are, but, um, mostly that just keeps you where you are. You know, that's not what I'm interested in um, really fostering. Uh, and and I, I really want to see people go from uh, at least from codependence to independence, uh, if not from independence to interdependence. And that's a, a big focus of mine. So mm-hmm. really trying to find that, you know, people talk a lot about the shadow, for instance, uh, and, and it's almost always got this negative stigma. Oh, the shadow. And yeah, you repress a lot of stuff. Uh, in the shadow, but there's also your good traits that you don't see. It's a blind spot. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that we take for granted about ourselves uh, and who we are. Um, And we don't see those, those characteristics. We don't see those traits and we don't know how to, how to leverage those. And so I want to work with people specifically to to help them get on the path to their goal and really find their most authentic uh, expression and, and their, 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 their purpose for their life. Awesome. Well, I think that is, you know, a a huge part of what I always talk about in my show and evil, the whole inner, you know, the reason I have the tree of life is, uh, you know, understanding the interconnectedness with all of nature. And one thing I always talk about is how we've created prisons in our own mind. And so the pathway to making a better world is starts inside of ourselves and working on ourselves. And, you know, that's been a big part of my last 10 years. I've come to all these realizations and I've gone through these major life changes and working on all these parts of myself. And it sounds like that's what you're going through true. And then now trying to help other people. And and so we're both kind of on the same page with that. And so um, you're right up my alley. So um, what we were chatting about a little bit before um, we started the show is um, tell us a little bit about the before, you know, right now we're seeing the after the vibrant 
excited Owen, <laughs> you know, um, what was the change you went through? Man, I, I definitely, I would say, and this is probably about eight years ago or so, uh, when I first kind of started coming to some of these realizations and conclusions about the world, um, was completely destroyed. I mean, my, my reality was literally smashed by like a crowbar and then set on fire. And then a dog came by and lifted its leg on there just for, you know, just, just to just shits to and giggles. Sure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Can I curse on your show? Is that okay? I, Hell yeah. Okay. okay cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that, that's kind of like how I felt. I was literally living in my dad's basement and uh, just consuming fear porn, you know, a con at a constant rate. And, you know, some of it was, was, needed some of it was necessary you know a lot of people don't a lot of people do what they call spiritual bypassing and they don't want to focus on these these traumas these hurts uh, as well as like the real the, the realization that the reality that we experience is not what we're told that it is so once i realized that that and I think I was like age, yeah, I was like age 30 at this point, you know, I was just living a life where I was just trying to have as much fun as I could. Pretty happy go lucky. Uh, you know, I loved music and was a raft guide and a ski instructor and was like going around the country and just having fun, just bopping around. Um, I didn't have like, I wasn't super motivated to, to do, you know, quote unquote, something with my life or, or really seek a higher purpose. But I mean, when I, when I saw what was happening in the world, it, it pretty much destroyed me. I mean, I was completely depressed and it made me a hermit for a while. And then I became incredibly socially awkward. So I wasn't able really to connect with people because I was in my head so hard. Like I would even be around friends of mine who loved me dearly and they would want me to come out to the bar or co go to the, to do like a social thing. And I even if I went along, I would be such a stick in the mud. Um, it, it wouldn't be fun for anybody. And I just felt alone and nobody understood my perspective or that's how I felt. Uh, and, and, and in my immediate reality, it was, it was true. You know, nobody else in my friend group saw the world the way that I did once that happened. And I had to kind of pick myself up off the ground and uh, reassemble myself. It took some time. Um, it took a lot of struggle because I kind of went from one side to the other. I kind of swung the other way, ultimately, eventually, and said, well, you know what? Fuck it. If I can't beat them, join them. I'm going to learn to do multi-level marketing or something like that. And so I went on that path to try to like make a bunch of money or something. And that wasn't who I was either. Um, but, you know, and I'd go out and try to learn how to talk to people again, um, you know, try to talk to girls or meet people with clout, you know, and try to like basically be successful in the, in the worldly way that I would consider successful to be. And that, that didn't fit uh, either. Um, so ultimately uh, I got into spirituality when that didn't work. Um, and that's really kind of where I've been living the past probably five years. Um, I really got into like self-reliance by Emerson was the first book that really kind of opened me up as well as As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. And then um, ultimately uh, the Reality Transurfing book uh, by Vadim Zeeland was one that I thought resolved a lot of the dualities that we see. Because, uh, you know, I mean, when I got into first the critical aspects of, of reality, I was like, oh, Ayn Rand, I read that book, uh, the Atlas Shrugged. And I was like, man, it's, it's right. Objectivism, right? Uh, materialism. And then uh, not too long later, you know, I started having more uh, emotional experiences. And I do have like a little bit of a background with a church. So I've seen some weird things happen in the church. And then I read a, the, the Kabbalion and I was like, wow, this is a whole different perspective. And I thought if you could resolve these two and put them together and synthesize them, then that would be pretty neat. You would have like a workable philosophy at that point. Cause Ayn Rand, she's got some blind spots too, you know, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you know, not the, not the people hate her too, you know, like, um, and, and that, I don't care. I don't care. The person is irrelevant, you know, but that transurfing book was one that I thought did a really good job of presenting the material in a way that was both like had esoteric nuance as well as solid, you know, uh, scientific 
um, basis for the book. And so that kind of resolved those two worlds for me. And I, and I took that book, honestly, as kind of like a Bible for like three years. I wound up creating the audio book for it and uh, went on to teach it on, on the YouTube channel. And that's a big reason why I have, you know, people that, um, that subscribe to my channels because they really enjoyed the audio books. Um, so that's kind of how I started with, with that. And also honestly was recording them just for my own sake so that I could listen to them when I was working on the tree farm. So like, uh, self-reliance was like that first one and some of the other ones didn't exist or existed in forms that I thought could have been done better. Right. Like some of them were like digitized or just not recorded well. And so as a, as a person who had a little bit of an audio background doing music when I was younger and in college, I was like, well, I'll just do it uh, in a different way. And yeah. I can't wait to dig deeper into that. And that's what I was tripping over my tongue in the beginning trying to say is that you have this extensive amount of work on YouTube. You have all these videos of um, books you've read, um, audio books that you were just describing, and then the reality trans trans surfing. Mm-hmm. And then a whole series of other things you've done, interviews with other people and just talks, motivational talks, and um, it's an incredible amount of work you've done there. So I hope you've got that all backed up somewhere else besides YouTube. <laughs> it's at least on a library for oh, now. Good, good, and I'm good. in talks with, uh, with uh, oh, that's right. Safe. I'm trying awesome. to get on, on with them. Um, just kind yeah. of trying to bring some other people along with me as well. But uh, yeah, I would, I would whip out my credit card for that service uh, in a heartbeat. Cause I really think what they're doing, what they're providing and their mission and the quality of the individuals running that business are, uh, are top notch. So uh, yeah, that's content safe. And um, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, autonomy is uh, basically university run by Richard Grove and it is a pretty incredible um, resource. Oh, so, okay. I'll just go into the next thing I was going to talk to you about was, um, I kind of went through a similar process. I grew up in like religion, you know, Christianity, and then I had to really separate it from it. I was like, I don't like this Christianity stuff. There's a lot of things I don't like about it. And then years in my life later, now I'm coming back around to spirituality in a different way. But, um, one of the things I used to always ask people when I was young is I had like a survey. I would just ask everybody I'd met what's the most important thing to you in life? And invariably what people come back with is either um, having lots of money or being successful, which I never really um, thought were the greatest ideals. So I'd be curious through all this process you've gone of learning, what, what do you think, Owen? What are the most important things in life? What is the most important thing? Wow, um, that's a heavy question and I like it. <laughs> I like it. I like a heavy question. Um, to me, the most important thing, you know, uh, my purpose, uh, I learned to exercise. I think it was from Steve Pavlina when I was getting into the self-help aspects of things. And, uh, he said to sit down and write down what you think your purpose might be for 30 minutes, set, set a time or whatever. And then when you write down the thing that makes you cry, that's what your life's purpose is. I find that your life's purpose is different than the function that it, that it sort of you know, takes on form in the world, right? So like my purpose is to bring people joy. There are numerous ways for me to do that, but that's the most fulfilling thing that I personally can, can do. That's the most important thing that I can do to provide for the world. Now that might be cracking a joke in line at the uh, grocery store. That might be writing a book that someone, you know, uh, is inspired by. That might be me telling jokes on stage or doing improv and making a fool of myself in front of an entire room of strangers. Um, it could take on so many different forms, you know, but the, the purpose is, is that itself. Um, so for me, fostering community connection and bringing joy to the world, that's, that's the most important thing. Excellent. That seems like a pretty, uh, good, good thing to live by. How can you go wrong with that? I, you know, I've thought about it a lot. <laughs> so, And I think that's the hard part is actually taking that time to think about that. And that's not something that they train us in school. And that's not something that's advertised on TV. And some folks just don't get the message that maybe that's what we're actually here to do. <laughs> and I'll take scratch off the maybe there. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's tough because we're really hampered with the with the materials and resources that we have to access those things. It's like, man, imagine where people could be if they had the tools and opportunities from a young age to really develop uh, and start out on that. Uh, and, and of course, like I said, you know, those functions can change, but I think fundamentally each one of us is an expression of God, you know, like a one, one facet, one, one version, one part of a, what is it? What is it? Rumi says something like you are not a drop of water in the ocean. You are the entire ocean in a drop, but each one of those drops has its own shapes, you know, like a snowflake or something like that. Um, or a nipple, right? <laughs> no two nipples are the same. So it's pretty crazy. No two sunsets are the same. We'll never see the, 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 the same cloud formations in the sky two days in a row or ever again for that matter, because it's infinite, truly. So there's some magic there, which is pretty amazing. And I think it's important to acknowledge that but also, um, you know, is that, is that why men have nipples? <laughs> I don't know. I've always been wondering. That. Yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> well, how weird would it look if you didn't have nipples? <laughs> just a blank, like, just blank <laughs> canvas right there. You know, like what happened? Did they swallow themselves or what? <laughs> you know, it's great right now to have you here because, and the last time I talked to you too, because 2020 has been depressing for me. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm just getting to the point where I'm ready to start turning around and finding a way to laugh at things and finding a way to try to find the silver linings and things. So, you know, I thought you'd be a great person to come on my show and lighten things up a little bit. And uh, so, yeah, like, how do we, how do you make people laugh? How, how does comedy work? Help well, us out. That's a good, that's a good question. I'm not sure that I can answer that particular question, but I can, um, I can, you know, give a little bit of perspective cause it's not easy. It's, it's 2020 has been hard on everybody, right? I lost a business that did, you know, like almost a hundred thousand last year, this year, you know? So, and I was going to do a hundred thousand in that business. That was just one of the things that I was doing. Things were going, you know, picking up. I had a good year last year and I had, uh, you know, established some goals and, and done some really cool things and we lost it. We lost like 40 grand in a month. Well, what's the silver lining there? I was, I mean, I was able to lose 40 grand in a month. That's kind of cool. You know, I think of a one, one comedian, I think it was, I can't remember who it was, but they were like getting chewed out at like a studio executive's office. And then they're kind of smirking. And then the studio executive's like, what do you think this is funny? And he's like, I'm just, kind of stoked that I get to be here, man, you know, because <laughs> like, he's like made it that far. Uh, and, you know, it is tough, though, to, to I don't mean literally that that's the silver lining. The silver lining for real of losing that business is that I shifted over into, you know, meeting people in an autonomy and I started to do things, you know, that were different. So, for instance, I'll give you an example. I was doing an Airbnb business before and that was the one that I'm referencing that we lost this year. And so it was doing very well, but the clientele that I was working with in the Airbnb business, there are people who came, they either came for a wedding or they came for a football game. That's all that happens really in the town that I live in. And they would come, they would pee the sheets and they would leave and we would wash the sheets and we put them back on the bed. So those are my client base, people who just peed on stuff and might as well have gotten a puppy. Right. But like <clears throat> I, at this point now I'm speaking with you. Uh, I just got off the phone with Matt Raymer of Content Safe. I spoke to Richard Grove on the Zoom call last week. Uh, so I'm starting to, my network's changing and the squeeze and the clamp and all these things that are happening right now, they're catalysts and um, necessity is truly the mother of invention. It's making us go uh, to start new networks, um, to do new things. And that's something that's that's very important. And back to back to comedy, um, understanding that there are scripts written, there are ways that you're supposed to react. There are energetic information structures that are trying to provoke us. And I don't and I don't say that that they're conscious, but you know, we talked a little bit in pre-interview about the concept of pendulums. That energetic information structures exist. That energy clusters on the other side of this you know, finite physical reality. And I don't, I don't say that to say that they're egregores or demons necessarily, but, but influencing uh, energies, right? Like uh, the energy of a, a football team. And you made the point that, Hey, school spirit, right. Or like uh, team spirit, 
um, you know, this sort of thing adds up and it's seductive, like whatever it is, like we can't really, it's hard to define, but each one of those things has its own pre-written script, right? If we're at a football game and our team, you know, uh, scores a touchdown, well, we're excited. We get energy and we jump up and down. Well, if they get, there's an interception or they lose the game, we're bummed out. And now our energy is sucked out of us in a negative way. So it's going out in two ways. It's going to that energy though. We're contributing to that particular energy. Now, whenever we're provoked and we react in a way that is not within the script, we keep our energy at that point. So if that energy provokes us to cheer and we just don't care, like imagine a team coming out, uh, you know, I, I use this example a lot, but like, imagine like you're at a football game, for instance, I don't know, I use football. I like football people in the, and your home team runs out. Yay. Everybody's excited, you know, and there's all this energy. And then the, the, uh, the visiting team comes out and everybody who, who's there, they boo that team boo but those guys are like yeah we're getting booed yeah what's up yeah they're like eating up that energy right well if they ran out and you're just like dead silence well what energy do they get at that point none you're not giving them any so one thing i think that's really important especially for us who want to end evil is to not fight against it and that seems counterintuitive but um you know i had uh, mario west on my show um, a couple of weeks ago, and she is a feisty jalapeno. I love her. She's great. Uh, but she was fighting against uh, sort of like satanic, you know, uh, cults and people who, you know, are, are, are evil. And, but she was actively fighting against them. And the truth of the matter is whatever we fight against, it fights against us. And so if we can learn to disengage from that fight, it's, it's not ignorance. It's not being ignorant to the thing that's it's it's it, there's a nuance there that's not what i mean i don't mean you know just ignore it and it'll go away that's not what i'm saying that doesn't that's not true but if we can disengage from that emotional uh energy suck and then put our energy to something else like building a new network that's that's worth building uh instead of fighting against the old um or fighting against what we don't want because we really actively get whatever it is that we don't want. Right. And we also get a fight from anything that we pick a fight with. So the more we pick a fight with that thing, the more it fights right back against us. And so now we've found ourselves in this, in this basically energetic trap. That's kind of how I like to look at them. They're energy traps. And so now we've engaged in it so much that it's take, it's actively taking our energy from us. Like you know, you see people who are just so obsessed with the news or the media and they've just become angry and, and this, this like, right. Get all caught up in it. Yeah. They're just like, you know, you know what I'm thinking them. about what you're talking about is kids, you know, think about a little kid that's, that's totally misbehaving. Um, no parents giving them any direction and they're just acting crazy. Like um, you're, you're not going to stop them completely by ignoring them. But that's part of the process is like someone's being irritating and frustrating a kid. You want to ignore that. You're not going to give them any attention because if you say, if you let it work, then they're just going to do more of that. You know, they're like, oh, I'm getting on this guy's nerves. Great. You know, and they're going to get more fired up. But if you can redirect the energy and, and, and take them somewhere with it, and that takes imagination, that takes that third option. You know, society's only going to give us these two boxes. You want the red one or the blue one? Right. You know, and they've already built these boxes and you're just going to fall right into them. So mm -hmm. what you're talking about is creating a new place for yourself to go that you've thought of with your own imagination, almost like that little kid that needs, he needs something to do with all that energy. So create a game for him, you know, instead of feeding into that negative energy. Exactly. And that's where the comedy comes in because when you react in a way that's unexpected and you defeat that script, well, the energy is quashed and you're not getting, you keep your energy and you're not getting sucked down into that, you know, that pendulum or that energy trap. Um, and, and you've reacted in a way that is completely, you know, out of, out of character to whatever that thing is provoking you to do. So you keep your energy, you go on. And then that's, it's, that's kind of comedy. It's right. It's like doing the unexpected thing. Comedy, the secret to comedy is Aristotle says the secret to comedy is surprise. And so whatever that element is, um, that you can, um, that you can do, 
that's different uh, means that you don't play into that, that predetermined script. And then now you write your own script. Now you have the power and you step out of that uh, sort of matrix, I guess, for lack of a better way to say it. Oh, that's exciting. I feel like that's definitely what we need. You know, this talking about things being scripted from my point of view, this whole, um, ever since this whole COVID thing started and even all the protest stuff, it just seems like there's a lot of um, script being played out. A lot of things that a lot of us who've done research already knew were coming. We just didn't know exactly how it was going to come. And now we see it playing out and it's just so blatantly obvious that we ask each other like, why are other people not seeing this? You know, how do we wake people up to see what's going on? And it, it seems like sort of an impossible task to get other people, but we need everybody because, you know, it's not, it's not a job, you know, ending this evil in the world's not a job that can be done just one person, you know, we can set an example. But um, I think one thing is just reaching out and making friends, you know? And so I think that was a big part of me getting part of autonomy and um, I was curious to see too, like after your, what you were talking about, how do you, how do people, you know, a lot of people are nervous or shy or by themselves. How do they go about making friends and creating community? Because I think that's a big part of the solution. What do you think? That's definitely a big part of the solution. Um, it's never been harder to do that too. I mean, you know, here we are, we're asked to be inside. We're asked to keep distance from people. And I think that's intentional too. Um, and I think that it's not only just people who can't have, see my smile when I'm right, like, this. exactly, exactly. You know, it's not just the, um, you know, the, the people making those particular uh, rules but it's also the energy that comes from those rules too that continues to push that and that momentum. And so as far as like reaching out to making friends, uh, Freedom Cells is a good way to, to try to find people, the freedomcells.org that Derek Bros set up. And a lot of people have been talking about that. I've made, met a couple of friends locally off of that, which is kind of cool. Um, I made so, a new friend that way also. Yeah, so that's definitely one way. Um, you know, you could try Tinder. I don't know how well you're going to do on Tinder, but uh, it's worth a shot. Um, but yeah, I would say just, you know, uh, shy people. And when you get in your head, like I was, you know, a few years ago, eight, seven, eight years ago, it's, it's really hard because you start to, to talk to yourself and you really get more and more in your head. And try to get in your body. If you can, if you can get into your body more, even if that's just like, just saying some stupid gibberish, which is one thing that I do sometimes to get out of my head or ride your bike or do something, you know, do something to get out of your head and in your body. And that's going to put you in a, a, a place where you're going to be less awkward if you do reach out to somebody and you're probably going to be more likely to, to want to, you know, to, to avoid that imposter syndrome. I think we're all from school, kind of pushed into, you know, it's like, well, we all have to, we all feel like we have to uh, appeal to some authority or have some sort of permission in order to do anything. Well, dis disregard that. That's not true. If you reach out to somebody and as cheesy as it is, if somebody reached out to me and said, Hey, can we be friends? Actually, Jessa Reed did just that. Who's like a very famous comedian. I was reading those audiobooks. She found one of my audiobooks, she sent me an Instagram message that said, Hey, you've been reading me books. Can we be friends? Verbatim. <laughs> swear to God. I mean, I'm talking about a comedian who has millions of views on a Comedy Central special who just sent me an Instagram message and said, Hey, I didn't know who she was. I, I honestly, at the time, I was like, Yeah, sure. You know, of course. And, you know, and she was like, Here, Here's my special. So, I looked up her, this is not happening, which is super interesting and very funny. Um, <clears throat> it's, uh, I won't go into it because <laughs> it's pretty. pretty Maybe we can find the link. You know, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, with the show. If, if you Google meth pee, it'll come up. Uh, okay. <laughs> but, you know, well, I wound up connecting to her and meeting some people in her network and, uh, and went on her podcast a couple of times, which which is awesome. And she's a very unique, interesting uh, type of person. She's really super, you know, out into the ether, woo woo, uh, new age. But like we've had, we had some incredible conversations uh, via podcast, but I mean, she literally just sent me a message that said, you know, I've been listening to your, you've been reading to me or something like that. 
Came. Yeah, yeah. It's like that was two lines, and I think you can probably come up with something a little bit more well thought out. <laughs> no, no, no jab at her for that because I was ecstatic once I saw her. You know, Comedy Central link. I was like, because you know, I mean, having a, a special on Comedy Central that's a big deal for a comedian, especially an aspiring comedian, and somebody reaching out to me because I know a few people who are pretty well known in the comedy community but yeah it, it never hurts to have more allies and honestly too like people who are like serious about comedy or sometimes i don't know it's weird <laughs> but i guess it's exciting that you were you were creating something you were making something that she found and then she latched onto that so that's one thing right there right um find something of value you can do that you can share with people and sometimes I think of that like um, my younger self, you know, when I made a lot of realizations between the age of like 35 or so, like I wish I could reach myself when I was 25 and cat catch myself up 10 years. I wouldn't have had to spend 10 years, you know, going through the hamster wheel of, of trauma. You know, I could have skipped right by some of that and got right to starting to understand freedom. So, you know, I think finding a way to, to, bring some value to other people's big. And then like you're saying, just take some step of bravery, find someone that's doing something you like and say, Hey, I like what you're doing. Yeah. Want to be friends? Yeah. You know, exactly. want to meet up sometime? Yeah, absolutely. It's not going to hurt a thing. And worst case scenario, they don't see the message or don't respond to it. And you've sent out a gesture, you know, uh, even if it's just emotional, just in a, in, in a real way, to, to reach out to somebody. So there's nothing wrong with that. I, I wouldn't even worry about it if you don't hear anything back or any of that. It, it's not a reflection on, on you, on you as a person, uh, even if that were to happen, for instance, but yeah, I mean, be bold. Fortune favors the bold. The universe, uh, favors people who are courageous and courage doesn't mean that you don't have fear. Courage is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Right. Yeah, like some of the things I've done that have really helped me out in terms of meeting people or like making a live Facebook, for instance, I didn't like Facebook, I didn't like the idea of doing a live Facebook. But by doing it, I made some new friends and I found some people that see things the way I see it. And that's made my life incredibly better. I'm not completely alone. So that's huge. So um, I guess going forward, you know, we're, we're in the middle of all this stuff again. We're getting new lockdowns. Um, people are following all these rules and it's scary world out there. What do you see going forward? How, how do we um, handle this? And what, what do you think is gonna happen? Good questions. Um, I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, you know, I'm optimistic that we're here for a reason, for a purpose. Um, you know, like I said, mine seems simplistic. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I mean, there's, there's, there's other, other functions within that. Um, I think that we're here to build networks and build community and start to work outside the main system. So agorism is definitely a solution to problems, new ways to trade, um, new ways to communicate uh, via the internet, or even, you know, old, bringing about old ways of communication, like mail, you know, <laughs> sending letters, thinking outside the box. Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Like Ted was talking about uh, like doing kind of like a chain letter type of thing, which I think is a great idea, you know, cause you, you, you can't open somebody's mail. That's not, you're not allowed to do that. So, you know, we draft up like a page letter to say, Hey, you know, this is what's going on. Here's a couple places you could check out and learn more about what's, what's going on in the world and maybe get some resources if you're interested. Here you go. Um, I mean, from, from looking at the physical uh, world, there's, there's a lot to be um, alert uh, about. There's a lot to, to, to not be, I'm not, I'm not enthusiastic about the political state of affairs in our country. Um, it is not, <laughs> it is not the fate that I want to see. Um, it's disappointing for sure. Uh, but that again is an opportunity to, uh, to, to bring people together, to create new, new communities. Cause like I was talking about before, it's like, you know, when those energies, when we fight against them directly, whether, we, whether we fight against them or, or, or if we 
you know, give them positive energy. We're just reinforcing those structures. So I think now's the time to really find ways to work outside of the established system. And that's going to be the new uh, future for people uh, like yourself and myself who value freedom um, are ways to do that. Uh, how do we, how do we, and I, and I also have a, a large passion for helping other people uh, come across these messages. I don't really know what the best practices are necessarily there as far as, uh, as far as doing that. Everybody's different. I would say like, obviously you don't want to uh, smash people over the head. You know, you want to be compassionate and empathetic and try to use nonviolent communication, even though you're frustrated because you're like, Hey, don't you see, you know, this right here, you know, and, and they, and people just, they don't see it. So that's frustrating. But I do think, um, you know, G Edward Griffin was talking on the union of the unwanted a few weeks ago, and he was so optimistic at that mind. It, it, it blew my mind how optimistic he was. He was like, I didn't think I would be around to see this, but he's like, I'm glad I am. And it's making us, you know, take specific actions. And I'm seeing people collaborate. I'm seeing people stepping up to, like I was talking about earlier, my Airbnb business, right? Where I was, my, my customer base was people peeing on the sheets. Now my customer base is people that I'm connecting with, like yourself, people who have and share values. Um, so how much more uh, fulfilling is that? Um, that's one thing that we can look at. In every, in, in, in every situation, there's, there's some sort of an opportunity. And we're, nobody's getting out of here alive. So <laughs> I, th I have on my fridge um, uh, a David Hale piece. Well, it's a photocopy of a David Hale piece. <laughs> but it says, you will die, give thanks. And it's got a skull that he drew. I see that every day. I keep death in the forefront of my mind because it's, you know, for twofold one uh, to hopefully help me from keeping, from not taking this life too seriously, but two, to keep me motivated and working on what I need to be working on. If that's something as trivial as, as making a, a, a comedy sketch about the 12 days of Cuomo, or if that's, you know, writing a book that I'm hopeful that, people read and be able to apply and, and change the way that they interact with reality, you know, because ultimately what's happening is the media uh, and, and, and thought itself is so influential that we're like little manifesting machines, you know, that's just what we do. And I, 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 I admittedly hate the word manifesting just because it's thrown around like mm -hmm. Hotel California that, yeah. by the Eagles, you know, it's like, I've heard it enough, right. um, but that's truly what we are. Right. And so we are visualizing these things. We are conceptualizing these things and then we're bringing them ultimately into reality, into the world. And we're helping that actively the more we, you know, entertain these ideas of, of dystopia, um, of, of, you know, human, uh, I guess, enslavement, um, you know, we are actively participating in it when we are railing against it. So our energy, I think should be not, and again, not that we should ignore it. We should acknowledge it. But what does Terrence McKenna say? When you get the message, hang up the phone, right? It's like, I know what the plan is. I know what the deal is. I know what the score is here. I see the writing on the wall. What can I do to work on solutions? What can I do to work with other people uh, to build networks, whatever that might be, and try to have as much fun doing that as possible because it, it is nice to stick it to the man, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like our opportunity to become heroes. You know, I was talking to someone recently, a friend of mine who was going through a tough time and feeling really stressed out and anxious and going through some depression. And I'm like, you know, imagine a climber who's climbing a mountain, like on the most gnarly face, right? Just hanging on by their fingertips and they make it to the top, right? Like, well, you're at that part right now in your life where you're hanging on, you know, but that's really the most heroic place you can be, you know? So give yourself a pat on the back. You're, you're going through the hardest time and you're making it through. You're still alive. You still have a grip, you know, you're, you haven't fallen off the mountain yet. So take pride right now. This is your opportunity to be a hero and do something heroic with the time you have here because the odds are against 
you. The odds are against us. So it's motivation. It's inspiration. You know, if you look at it that way, if you find that silver lining. <laughs> yeah, David B. Goliath, man. He should not have. He shouldn't have. You know, there are anomalies like that. We look back, you know, I'm a big fan of the underdog <laughs> for sure. And and doesn't like just like everything else, things have to like um, an alcoholic, you know, they say you have to hit rock bottom. You know, maybe as a world, maybe as humanity, we're hitting rock bottom right now. You know, it, it kind of feels like that in some ways to me. And maybe that's the opportunity to bounce back and go the other direction. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, a good way to look at it as well. You know, I think we're here to, to help those of us who do see what's going on. And I don't know. I mean, there's all this interesting conjecture in the spiritual world, right? Like, are we like Pleiadians or like uh, some other species from our star seeds or like whatever, you know, that stuff is conjecture, but it's interesting and funny. <laughs> also, like, I like making fun of that. <laughs> it's, well, it's easy to it do. Does it really change? You know, that's the thing I got into, like people were bringing up for a while, the flat earth thing. And I'm like, okay, it's interesting. Let's entertain it. Let's talk about it. But really, does it change what I do on a day-to-day -day basis? No, you know, but exactly. this other stuff that's going on is affecting us on a day-to-day -day level. When your freedoms are being limited or you're being told you can't leave your house or you can't have a business or can't cross a state line or you have to put something in your body that you don't want to, that's when things get real, mm -hmm. you know, and and push, push is going to come to shove here. You know, things on the physical world are going to be real. And the truth is, we're not a solitary species. You know, we're not just one. You can't just be one thing. We're all connected. We need each other. You know, and that's what I keep coming back to. If shit really hits the fan and everything's going nuts, the, the best resource you have is your ability to communicate with your neighbors and work together with people and saying, hey, I can do this. What can you do? You know, let's 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 survive together, you know, cause on my own, I'm pretty much shot, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, we owe it to the, to posterity to really step up now and do the right thing. You know um, you know, like I said, uh, there's a lot that it would be easy to, to try to, to want to ignore. Um, but I don't know, like you said, we have a chance to step up and, and, and be heroes in this moment. And what else are you going to do? Right. It's like, I look back and see all the things that I probably should have done over the past few years where I wasn't being as strong or as vigilant as I could have been. And now is the opportunity for me to take those lessons and apply them, you know, in, in real time, you know, posterity is important. The future is important. And regardless of whether we're aliens or whatever, right? Like it's conjecture. Again, it's, it's funny to think about. It doesn't matter ultimately. Like the what matters is is what we what we do. Here. What do we do with our time? Right. Right. Exactly. We still have some, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How, how how does this all play into um, the reality transurfing? Is that um, have some? You know, I mean, you got all into studying that, and then all these weird changes happening in the world. Is it? Are there some parallels there? Well, one thing that I think is really interesting about that book is like, this is a dude who was like, he was a physicist. I don't know if he, I guess if you have a job at all, it's for the USSR because it's the older guy. So he lived in Russia during the crash of the ruble, you know? So for him to put this book out and to have optimism overall is, is pretty interesting to me because there are emotional transactions that are happening like the weather, you know, as above, so below, right? And the esoteric. So these emotional transactions that are happening, whether a society is collapsing or not, are still, are still real. Now he does in the book say that there are pendulum networks, right? Like, so these clusters of energy, like I'm talking about, um, are, think of them as swinging back and forth, but then there are other ones swinging like this and they polarize people, right? Like they put people on one side or the other, thinking in that dualistic way and you know charge them positively or negatively you know and then but there are networks of them so they're all sort of working in, in coordination so he says ultimately in that book that you know these structures what they want is permanence they want to permanently put themselves into that place and have those adherents the people who are stuck to those particular views or ideas you know constantly giving them energy 
And so basically he's describing the matrix energetically, right? So, <clears throat> so he does talk about that in the book too and say that the network that we're building, which has to do a lot with the technology, you know, is, you know, ultimately it's happening. Um, what we do and how we go from there is, is totally up to us. But, um, you know, he does point that out. And uh, the energies themselves are going to continue to swing and pick up momentum the more we we feed them so <clears throat> that's that's the real power uh is is these uh these systems that have been set up it's not really necessarily in my opinion the people who have set them up but it's the systems themselves that have been set up that continue mm. their momentum that continue a sort of rain and then them operating in conjunction with each other that's the real sort of labyrinth or maze. I often try to point out to people how um, something like a corporation in a way could be compared to the biblical idea of a demon. Mm -hmm. Here you have this entity that's been created that it's no one person. It doesn't have a heart. It doesn't have a mind. It doesn't even have a body. And yet it has power. It has power over humans. It has power over individuals. I mean, you even think about something as silly as Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. It's this made up idea, but it has this reality in our world now. He, he has color, he has shape, you know, anybody can make this symbol and people actually give up their choices and decisions to this fake God. You, you could almost think that's very similar to the idea of a demon, you know, this thing that's been created that's not real, it's not human. So I think for us, the charge, the goal is to bring back humanity, to um, put our energy and time into the human touch, the human extra element, the imagination, all the stuff we've been talking about, you know? Absolutely. I think that's a really good illustration too, of like that, that pendulum idea, like, the, you know, because like a culture of, of a corporation has a culture, you know, and I think Pascio talks about the culture, the first four word letters are cult. Uh, and mm -hmm. so like, you know, you've got this corporation, it's not like you said, one individual, that's a perfect illustration. And you start to wear uniforms and represent this thing and the mission statement. What's even more dangerous though, are these groups that don't even have a constitution or a set of working principles. That's why I think in the group dynamic, it's so important to write things down, you know, <laughs> like, because at that point, the thing just becomes more and more and more extreme until it, it, it just, it's, it's constantly rewarding the more radical, the more radical, the more radical. And we see that play out too, you know? Yeah. Like social media, right? What do people click on the most ugly, the most evil, the most bad things are going to get what's going to get people's attention. Exactly. So what we need to do is be, um, we need to be, like you said, the Kybalion is a good place to start. We need to find principles, things that are solid things that are at the core of reality and align ourselves with natural laws, with the natural law of, which is basically treat people the way you want to be treated, you know, and quit letting these demons run us, you know, mm -hmm. we create our own path for the future. So, you know, the way I see it, I do think it's going to turn into the matrix. The matrix movie is really impressed me. And to me, that's a scarier than death is seeing all these humans in pods, you know, their life energy just getting sucked out like zombies. And that's kind of what we see happening here. So, you know, we're trying to find a way to create a different path for some people to get out of that, you know, and not be trapped. So I'm excited to see what you're doing. And um, I think people should, you know, if you're someone that's struggling, you know, um, Owen would be a great person to hit up and get some coaching um, you can see how good he is at cheering people up. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Santa Claus is real, man. I'm like the teenage version of him. You know what I mean? Like, I cheer people up. That's what I do. It's one of the things, for sure. Um, I'm actually going to start making a couple of different video series right now. One is going to be called Rock Bottom Reality, um, because a lot of people are hurting right now. And, uh, you know, what? what's more uh, common than COVID? Uh, people hurting themselves and, and, and being destructive toward themselves. And I, I don't want to see people suffer, you know, that's not going to help anybody. And I'm also going to uh, do a reboot of the reality transferring principles as well. 
on my channel and uh, you were talking about how much you hate Facebook a uh, God me too but I'm also going to do a Facebook group to try to keep things positive uh, for people to come in and see positive things you know she, you can share your puppy videos um, you know things that are positive within that group uh, not negative things but positive uh, specifically and uh, you know I'll share like my videos and stuff in there I've got um, you know I've got the coaching thing coming up and that really is focusing on you know, come in really discovering your most authentic self, but I, I want people to be able to, to, to do the best that they can in this situation. Cause it is hellish. I mean, it really is, you know, like small businesses are being destroyed. Um, people's livelihoods are just being thrown to the wayside. The middle class is basically, it's a war. And as soon as this happened, I was like, this is, this is not a war of, people versus people this is a war of the establishment against us you know mm -hmm. what do you think when you tell all these people you know um your job is not essential and you're not allowed to come out of your house and i don't want you um getting close to anybody because you're a possible carrier of a sickness and if that's not going to make people depressed and get sick i don't know what is right right yep oh you're not essential stay in your house by yourself that's like the worst thing you could do for your immune system or for the future of humanity, you know? So it's good that we have a lot of positive things to talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, ultimately, like I said, man, nobody's getting off this rock alive, you know, but don't yeet yourself off of it. You know, like just, just know that you're here for a reason and you know what that is ultimately like that exercise of sitting down and writing for 30 minutes. I highly recommend it. You will find something that makes you cry on that list. Many, many thanks to Steve Pavlina on that one. Somebody pointed out to me that that's where I got it from. And I was like, thank you for reminding me because I forgot about that guy. Um, but it, it is true, you know, and you're here to do something. We're here for such a time as this time to step up and to do and to do something. I don't know what that is for you. You know, I can um, I can talk and, you know, work with people and, and try to facilitate their experience. I'm not. Uh, an authority on anything and I don't claim to be, but I, but I, you know, I, I do like working with people and seeing their growth. I've had a lot of uh, people that I've worked with have breakthroughs because we each have blind spots. You can't see everything about yourself, you know? So I love and when people that. come together, that, that possibility opens for the spirit to come out. Like we said, you know, like team spirit, group spirit, that also happens when we put energy into each other. And we listen to one another and bounce ideas off each other. And the other big thing you brought up is I want to repeat it one more time before we close up here is the physical body. You know, that was one thing that really helped me out through. I've been through some really sad times recently, but um, I started routines in the morning. Originally, I started this was like a couple of years ago. I started doing seven pushups in the morning because I'm a little skinny guy seven push-ups was really easy. You know, for someone else, it might be just one or two, you know, or maybe not even a push-up, some other exercise. And I just kept doing it every morning, every morning. And now I do a lot of push-ups in the morning, you know, and I have other exercise I've added to that routine. And even on the worst days, if I'm feeling depressed, I can like flex my muscles and realize like, yeah, but I'm not failing on that account. And when your physical body's in good shape, your mind works better. So that was a good point you brought up too. Yeah. Um, routines. That's a big focus on the coaching thing. And a couple of things about that. Actually, today I woke up, you know, and uh, I rode my bike and uh, wrote, you know, did some free riding. I, I take the morning. I don't book anything until noon. So the morning is mine. I have at least two hours to me. And it's been hard for me to, to do that. Um, and I will sometimes make, take a call or or call someone. Um, but I've been very deliberate about that. I'm doing the Wim Hof breathing method in the morning as well. I highly recommend Wim, Wim Hof. And uh, there's one exercise that I've done and, and will continue to do. And this has helped me tremendously get out of getting out of your head. I talked a little bit about doing silly shit, just what the fuck ever, like stupid, blah, 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 you know, like talking gibberish, but focus on your heart. And it sounds cheesy, but it's incredible. It's why I have this uh, as my symbol right here is because like Care Bear Stare, right? If you can, that is your electrical chakra center. 
there is so much power and energy coursing through your heart. It's way more than your brain. It's way more than any other part of your body. If you can think about some one that you love or something that you love in the morning is when I usually try to do it when I'm laying in bed, you can start to, you will start to feel love. And the more you focus on and amplify that feeling of love, the better you're going to feel and the more you're going to blast that out. And then you're going to charge your energy up big time, you know, and sometimes I forget about it. Not forget about it for a few days, you know, even a week. And I'll be like, why am I like, all salty today. And I'll be like, well, you know what? I, but there's literally, you know, and be, be being grateful. It sounds, it's counterintuitive, right? But like, you can't, you can't develop abundance unless you're grateful, unless you're thankful. Uh, and there's people in my life that I have that are friends of mine uh, and make as many friends as you can. But like every morning, it might be somebody different. I might think about my friend, Sean, or I might think about my friend, Ben. Or I might think about my girlfriend or I might think about, you know, my dad or my sister, who, whomever, you know, or a puppy, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. It could be, you know, our old cat. And I will just start to just focus on that, focus on the energy that comes out of my heart whenever I start to think about that. And we, our attention is like an amplifier. So whatever you're focusing on, it grows and grows and grows. So once you get that going, if you just continue to focus on it, it's like radiating more and more and more and building and building and building. So, you know, a lot of times I'm having a great day and then I walk in to run an errand and I'm like, oh shit, I forgot my mask, you know, <laughs> put a mask on and walk into the grocery store. Cause I'll just be having a great day. Everything will seem fine. You yeah. know, putting yourself at the cause of the, at the beginning of the day too, like you're saying, like doing those pushups instead of getting on social media or watching, you know, your favorite person who's telling you, you know, not great news that you already know it's not great news, right? Like disengage from that. It's not, it's not a bad thing to disengage from those pendulums are seductive and fear porn is one of them. And yeah. I've been on that. I've been on that hook, man. I've been swinging on that hook a bunch in the past, especially when this whole thing came down um, you know, in like February, March, uh, I was like, I was real bummed out. Um, and so now I've had a few months to pick up some of the pieces and, you know, again, reassemble myself, but if nothing else, just knowing, knowing that love, love is all there is ultimately nothing is gonna conquer that. It's just impossible. So I've been getting a lot of joy out of because I don't wear masks and I'll go in place and just smile at people yeah, dude, and people, you know, I'm getting better at it. Sometimes I've gotten mad and that doesn't work well. But when I go in with a big smile today, this lady, I was I was in a little taco place and this lady, she had her mask on and she was carrying a whole load of tacos or whatever she bought there. And she was heading towards the door and I jumped out and I said, ma'am, can I open the door for you? I asked first while I was still six feet away. And she said, oh, yeah, please. And I did. And she was so thankful. She said, thank you, sir. That's so nice of you. You know, and I sat there holding the door for her. And I'm like, OK, she might be mad at me for not wearing a mask. But she was sure grateful that I opened the door for her. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> there's a lot of opportunities to turn shit around out here, you know. And, uh, Absolutely. You know, it's those little things. They do add up. And I, I, I imagine at least half the people that are wearing masks. Oh, well, I don't know. I, I don't know about numbers, but a lot of the people who are wearing masks. I think it's more than half that know better. Yeah, they they are. They're like, oh, they they're they're envious. They're doing of it, but they don't really believe. They don't it. really want to. Yeah, you know, they don't they they don't see the purpose of it. They know it's stupid. They're just doing it because of all the social pressure. You know, and that's why, you know, I do it too, because my town's like super, super duper liberal. And my, even my friends would, oh, what's the matter with, you know, and it's like, dude, I just don't even want to hear it. I'll just put the stupid mask on, you know, when it comes down to it, you're not putting anything in my body, but I'll wear a stupid mask. My girlfriend made me this cool, like a uh, rattlesnake skin one that's made out of this like really nice silk, which was sweet because I was walking around looking like a serial killer for like, <laughs> you know, a week or two. Cause I was on the Cobra commander. Set. I like to call it. Yeah. <laughs> because I was on the film set and you know, I really needed money. So they were like, you have to wear these masks, you know, while we're on here, you know, the next uh, production, you'll have to get a vaccine. And I'm like, well, I'm working now, but I guess I'm not going to be working when that, happens because i'm not trying to take a jab here you know um 
so anyway, it, it, it is a weird thing. And so when you're going around not wearing one, people, it's inspiring to people. <laughs> I'll just say that. I, I, I hope so. I saw a hippie chick in a, uh, in the, in the Kroger one day, not wearing a mask a few months ago. And, uh, she, I don't think she had shoes on either, but I was like, man, <laughs> you, you're crushing it lady. Uh, nice. I love it. Yeah. yeah. It's like cheering her on. It was fun. Well, we should close it up. It's, it's been a good hour here, but, um, I think gratitude is the word I'd like to leave with, you know, um, life is gratitude. So being thankful is like the first big step. You got any other um, closing remarks, Owen? Or uh, This will end. <laughs> All things will pass. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But yeah, gratitude. We're yeah, and 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 we all know the end of the the end of the story. So let's try to enjoy it as much as we can. Enjoy each other. Uh, yeah. Anybody and out smile. there wants to reach out? Yeah, smile. Anybody out there wants to reach out, they can do so. Uh, I'm at uh, Bootsy Greenwood on social media and YouTube uh, page is that I'm trying to get on some of these other alternative platforms and working on that. Uh, but I'm really trying to primarily focus on creating the content itself and, uh, and, 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 and put that stuff out. On right on. Other places. Well, I'll, um, you know, I'll share whatever links I can there. And when I, um, when I share this video and really appreciate you spending this time with me and um i got a lot out of it i had some good laughs so i think we're doing something good thanks thank you, Owen. Chris. thank appreciate you it. appreciate we'll, it we'll be chatting again we'll be in communication awesome all right man great